Namaskaram. Uh, hi, Jose. Hi, Michael. Hi. Today, we're going to ask this question that says, uh, if our actions are driven by two forces, our will and God, and we cannot tell, and nor we need to tell one from the other, can we really be responsible for our actions? What if I try to be swayed by a subhavasana and I end up doing some immoral action because God made me do that action in order for me to experience some fruit? Could it be possible that God made me lie, even though that wasn't my intention, just because I was made to do that by God? Um, well, the first question, the actions we are responsible for are the actions we do under the sway of our Vasanas. In other words, the actions we do according to our will. The actions we're made to do by God, obviously we uh, we are not directly responsible for those actions. We are indirectly responsible in insofar as God will make us do only those actions that are necessary for us to do in order for us to experience our prarabdha. Uh, since the prarabdha is the fruit of karmas we've done in the past, in a very indirect way, we are responsible for the actions he makes us do. But that is very indirect. That need not really concern us here. The point is, the, 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 we, we cannot avoid doing those actions that he makes us do. So we need not be concerned about those actions at all. The only... Actions we need to be concerned about is those actions we do under the sway of our bhasanas. In other words, the actions that we do according to our will. The problem is being swayed by bhasanas. If we want to avoid doing any actions under the sway of our bhasanas, we need to cling to self-attentiveness and thereby not allow our mind to be swayed by our by any vishaya bhasanas. So long as we are swayed by Vishaya Vasanas, inevitably we will be doing actions. And we are responsible for those actions because we do them under the sway of our Vasanas. As you say, our actions are driven by two forces. But that doesn't mean each action is driven either by our will or by God. Many actions that we do are driven by God, but they are also driven by our will because we want to do them. If if it's our uh, destiny to experience something, and we want to experience that, we will make effort, that is, our vasanas will prompt us to make effort to experience that. So to that extent, the actions are being done under the sway of our vasanas. It just so happens our vasanas are prompt in that, such cases, our vasanas are prompting us to do the same action that God will, God is anyway making us do. So, yes, we are responsible for whether God makes us do an action or not. If we are, if we do the action to any extent under the sway of our vasanas, then we are responsible for that. To the extent to which we are swayed by our vasanas, to that extent we are responsible for the resulting actions. What if I try to be swayed by a subhavasana and I end up doing some immoral action because God made me do that action in order for me to experience some fruit? Well, if God made you do an action, you're obviously not responsible for it, but he, he made you do it. He may have, he would have made you do it in order for you to experience the fruit of actions that you had done in past lives. 
but um, for the action he makes you do, he is responsible. But even he is, though he, we talk about him making us do actions, actually he is not doing anything. He is just being as he is. But by his being as he is, the, the, as Bhagavan explained in the 15th paragraph of Nana, by the special nature of his presence, that's by his mere being, he makes us do those things that are necessary for us to do in order for our prarabdha to unfold. So even God is God, God is not doing anything, though we in in order to express it in our terms, we say as if God is doing something. So if we are swayed by a subhavasana, and we end up doing some action that is not right because we are made to do that by God. We get the fruit of only of the action we do under the sway of our subhavasana, not the action we do under the under the sway of His uh, His grace, His uh, His will. Could it be possible that God made me lie, though that wasn't my intention? Yes, sometimes God can make us do certain actions in order to experience certain results. So even even if our action is something that by our normal standards are judged immoral, that action may be one that God made us do in order for us to experience the result of doing that. So um, it is possible, but generally God has ordained our prarabdha in such a way that will be most conducive to our spiritual development. In other words, our prarabdha is tailor-made to suit our present level of spiritual development. So if we if we are following this spiritual path, it's unlikely that God will make us do some, some major wrong, maybe some minor thing, but not anything major. Um, not impossible, but it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, does this adequately answer your questions? Or uh, yes, uh, I think so. I hope this clarifies this thing for this friend. And also, uh, for example, in this case of telling a lie, uh, it could be that, as the question says, uh, maybe I wanted to. Uh, I tried to be swayed by a subhavasana. I tried to tell the truth, but somehow the lay came and the lie came out, and I was made to lie. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it theoretically yeah. can happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in theory. So, but, but normally it's more complex than that. We may want to tell the truth, but we may feel that te- by telling the truth, we uh-huh. are uh, putting another person in in uh-huh. danger, or we are we are putting up someone else in an embarrassing situation. So, not for any selfish reason of ours, but just to protect some other person, we may sometimes tell a lie. Yeah. But all these things, that is, we need not worry. Oh, what Bhagavan taught us about the law of karma is not to make us um, puzzle over these things. It's very simple. Whatever is destined to happen is going to happen. So we cannot change that. So we can forget about prarabdha. Prarabdha, prarabdha will take care of itself. We need not con- be concerned about anything that we're going to experience in this life because it's already predetermined. And that includes um, not, not worrying about uh, what many people ask about is drinking a glass of water, prarabdha, or 
Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes. That, that is, that is, those sort of questions arise only when people fail to understand the purpose of what is being said. Whatever is to be experienced is determined by prarabdha and cannot be changed. That's very simple. So that means that why Bhagavan teaches that? So that we need not concern ourselves about what is going to happen or what is not going to happen. If something is going to happen, and we have to do something in order to facilitate it to happen, we'll be made to do that. So we need not be concerned about anything that is to happen or anything that we think should happen or anything. We can leave all that to, to Bhagavan. But, so whatever actions we need to do in order in order to experience the prarabdha, we'll be made to do those actions. So we need not be concerned about that. That's God's lookout, not our, our concern. Our only concern has to be to do with the actions that we do under the sway of our own vasanas. Obviously, so long as we are acting under the sway of our vasanas, we should try as far as possible to do good actions, to avoid harming others, etc. Um, but uh, what Bhagavan wants us to focus on is not the actions. That is, what is it that drives us to do certain action, whether a good action or a bad action? What is it that drives us to do that? It is our vasanas. And whose vasanas are they? They are ego's vasanas. So, um, so long as we don't allow ourselves to be swayed by our vishaya vasanas, we will be refraining from doing any agamya. But in order to um, to attend to ourselves so keenly that we do that we are never swayed by our um, vishaya vasanas, we obviously have to have all-consuming love uh, to hold on to the self-attentiveness in order to know and to be what we actually are. Um, most of us are not do not yet have so much love, so we keep on allow, um, allowing our attention to go outwards, and when it goes outwards, it's, it acts under the sway of its vasanas. But the vasanas are only inclinations. Vasanas cannot force us to do anything. So if we act under the sway of vishaya vasanas, it's only because we allow those vishaya vasanas to sway us. So if we want to, um, if we if we want to avoid action, we should avoid being swayed by vishaya vasanas. It's as simple as that. That's all we need to understand. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think it's because we we don't. We don't have that sufficient love that you you mentioned. Yeah, that is that is the whole problem. That raises the, whole... the question that we have to act morally because we know. Yeah. Yes. So 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 long as we have a doer of actions, we as Bhagavan says in verse thirty-eight, if we have a doer of actions, we will have to experience the resulting fruit. So we um so long as we act under the sway of our vasanas, we will have to experience the resulting fruit. But who is it who is acting under the sway of vasanas? It is ego. So as Bhagavan says in the, in the second sentence of verse 38 of Uludnapadu, when one knows oneself by investigating who is the doer of action, doership will cease and all the three karmas will drop off. Why will doership cease? Doership is the nature of ego. That is, as ego, 
we identify ourselves with mind, speech, and body. So whatever actions are done by mind, speech, and body are experienced by ourselves. I am doing these actions. So that is, doership is the very nature of ego. And the flip side of doership is experiencership. Because we we do actions, we have to experience the resulting fruit. Um, but we shouldn't be so concerned about actions. We should understand what is prompting us to do the actions, whether good actions or bad actions, it's our vasanas. So long as we're being prompted by our vasanas, even if we're doing only good actions, which is actually more or less impossible, because firstly, what is a good, I mean, good and bad are very relative terms. But even if we're doing generally what are good actions, it's still a bondage because we're still feeling I am a doer of this action and consequently we're experiencing the fruit. In order to be free of action and its fruit, um, we need to um, uh, not allow ourselves to be swayed by Vishayavasanas and we can avoid being swayed by Vishayavasanas only to the extent to which we cling to self-attentiveness. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. I, I was discussing this topic also with Sanjay, uh, yes. our friend, and he uh, yeah. said something to the effect that by default we should consider all actions as our actions. If we are yes, 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 not yes. worse. I mean, we don't, we don't know to what extent it's an action. Uh, yeah, the sway of our vasanas, or and uh, we are made yeah. to do by God. Yeah, so yeah, since our attention is outwards. Uh, we are responsible for yeah. our actions, even though it's yeah. we do something uh, yeah wrong, or yeah, or even if that's made to uh, we are made to do that by God, right? Yeah, but mm -hmm. Bhagavan is trying to divert our attention away from concern with action and its fruit, back to the who is the doer of action? Who is the experiencer of a fruit? That is what we should be investigating. So we shouldn't attach so much importance to be to, to uh, this law of karma. It's useful to know the basic principles as taught by Bhagavan because that will um, give us it gives us less pretext or less motivation to um, to act in any way. Mm -hmm. Because if we know everything is being taken care of by prarabdha, we can't change anything, then why should we try to change anything? Why should we try to achieve this or to avoid that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think it's key to understand the teachings very well, Michael, because it's otherwise it can be, it can be uh, I mean, for someone who is not on, on this path, it can very sound a uh, loose interpretation can be that oh so yeah you turn within and you don't concern at all with uh, the actions that you do or something or, but it's it's uh, if, if you can turn within and uh, completely refrain from action that is very good but how many of us can do that right we keep on trying to turn within but uh because of our our lack of love to hold on to self-attentiveness and because of our great interest in things other than ourselves, we keep on jumping outwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, vasanas, uh, I, you said in one video, I think it's, for me, it's, it's more, I don't know, more uh, to, see, to see it in that way. 
the way you explain that vasanas are like inclinations to seek happiness instead of attending to things yes to, to seek happiness in yes in other things yes so yeah oh the motivating force behind all actions is our love is our seeking happiness so every vasana is an inclination to look for happiness but instead of looking for happiness in the right place the vasanas the vishaya vasanas incline us to look for happiness in the wrong place namely in objects in vishayas mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. don't you think michael that it takes like a it, it takes a while before uh starting on this path uh kind of understand how how everything uh is joint put together and uh, have a general understanding and yes certainly to know that what uh, Bhagavan's teachings were Bhagavan's teachings point uh it's that it's become start to become evidence or yeah. not uh, just mere words Bhagavan's teachings are extremely simple but they're also very deep and subtle. So for us to really grasp and imbibe them take, does take a lot of time. And most importantly, it takes a lot of practice. To the extent to which we put it into practice, to that extent we will understand these things. Because the real clarity doesn't come from their words, it comes from within. And it's, it's with the clarity coming from within, but we are able to interpret and understand the words correctly mm -hmm. yeah, exactly may, may i add a comment yes yes certainly um it it some sometimes it feels like uh some some people try to read the teachings in a way that uh we can at least justify certain certain actions of that we can do as ego but if we read the teachings correctly we will know that uh, ego never actually looks good in the whole picture and yeah. e ego is always the ego is a problem and needs to be eradicated yeah so yeah. It, it will there will never be an interpretation where ego um, comes out of it successfully. Yeah, you know, it, its act, its nature is to perform actions, and its the solution is the goal. Yeah, yeah. No, no, um, understanding the 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 sheets uh, separating the sheets from from what what ego actually is without the yeah, yeah the sheets is very also very important because. Uh, usually, the 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 knot is so entangled that we cannot even uh, start to question. Yeah, that ego is something besides the the sheets. Yeah, that is in there in the in the shadow, like uh, not existing, but at the same while while our attention is outwards, seeming to exist and yeah, and causing actions, etc. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I don't know if uh, there is something else I, we can add to uh, to the question. Um, ah, there, there was one thing that uh, I discussed with Sanjay too. It was the example of with 
you, you usually Michael use the example of a doctor, some becoming a doctor. Yeah. And you can become a doctor and that's your if that's your pravda. Yes. Really that takes a lot of effort and studying uh, a lot of nights without uh, sleep and so on. So it, it actually uh, not being your intention to become a doctor, it could happen, but I mean, without wanting you, without you wanting to become a doctor. In the vast majority of cases, people who become doctors want to become doctors. So their will happens to be coinciding with Bhagavan's will. But there may be certain circumstances where someone may become a doctor under pressure from um, from their parents who want them to be high achievers or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they may not really want to be a doctor. They may not be interested in that. Mm-hmm. But just to please their parents, they do it. So it yeah. is possible. But in the majority of cases, people who become doctors want to become doctors. So though all the actions they do to become doctor, though those actions are actions they're made to do by God in um in 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 order for them to experience their prarabdha, they will in most cases also be driven by their own will, because they want to be doctors. They want to get good marks to to pass the exams well for the money or for whatever reason. Yeah, 